Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 236 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into the episode after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first, and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. For the first time in a while, I have quite a bit of fun travel coming up this summer, and I'm really counting on Macy's to help round out my wardrobe for some of these trips. Right now, I've got my eye on a new bag and sandals from Coach and some super cute tops and dresses from Macy's On 34th brand. And you can never really have too many pairs of sunglasses. And there are a lot of cute options to explore right now. If you need a little help getting your summer look together, shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. You may have heard that most people who are black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, 
Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. It's important to note that healing looks different for all of us and that each of us might find different things helpful. Joining us to chat about how healing can happen through sound meditation and breath work is Linnea Smith-Crawford. Linnea is a licensed marriage and family therapist, holistic healer, wellness expert, and entrepreneur. She earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from Spelman College and her master's in marriage and family therapy with a certification in trauma therapy. In addition to her degrees, she's an advanced certified yoga, breathwork, and meditation guide, sound healer, international teacher, and speaker. She specializes in holistic mental health and healing, which she defines as the return to wholeness through the blending of practices of the mind, body, and spirit. Linnea and I chatted about the definition of holistic healing, how things like sound meditation and breathwork can support healing, how to find someone appropriately trained to offer these services, and she shares a special sound bath just for our community. If there is something that resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Here's our conversation. What are we talking about when we talk about holistic healing, especially when it comes to mental health? Yeah, so I have started to use holistic healing and holistic mental health interchangeably. But essentially what it means is that we are tuning into all aspects of ourselves. We are honoring that we are multifaceted and that in order for us to truly heal, we have to be able to integrate all layers of self. So our physical, our emotional, our energetic, our thoughts and our spiritual aspects to create this safe container for healing. Got it. And so some of the things that you use as a part of your practice are both breath work and sound healing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you have developed these wellness practices as a part of your life and like how they've been beneficial to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have always loved things like meditation and yoga and breath work. And I've always understood like how necessary they were for healing and for our mental health. So much so that I completed my yoga and meditation teacher's certification while I was finishing up my master's. While I was in grad school, I think, you know, you can also maybe relate to this. Graduate school is probably one of the most stressful times in a professional's life. And so I really was able to lean into the power of breath work and yoga and meditation and ultimately sound healing while I was going through that really stressful period. And I started to notice my colleagues and my peers were on the verge of straight burnout, right? And I had a sense of calmness about me. And it was at that point, I really realized that things like breath work and yoga and sound healing are really necessary for us, particularly in the most stressful times. And so with that realization from my personal practice, I wanted to 
integrate it with my work as a therapist. And so I definitely try to do it on my own or I try to, you know, ask my supervisors for guidance as far as integration goes. And back then it really wasn't, I would say back then, like it was forever ago. It was almost five <laughs> years ago, right? But we've seen how much this whole like concept of holistic mental health and holistic healing has really taken off in the last, I would say five years. My supervisors looked at me like, huh? Like, girl, just refer them out to a meditation teacher. Just refer them out. We don't do that as therapists. And so that was ultimately the beginning of my journey of integrating these practices into the therapy room and in the mental health space. You know, I really appreciate you sharing that because I do feel like the people who are training now and like in the future will have a very different experience of grad school than it sounds like we both had because it feels like we have learned so much more about like how all of these things are integrated, but our training isn't typically integrated in that way, right? And so a lot of people have the same kind of story like you around like going back to get certified in yoga and meditation to supplement or complement what they do in the therapy room. And so can you talk about how you have brought both of those things together and how things like breath work and sound healing can actually complement traditional therapy. Yes, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And to your point, we don't get this training in our master's program. And still now it's not really a part of the curriculum. And so that's one of the reasons I created the Holistic Therapist Academy, which is essentially to teach therapists and mental health professionals how to ethically integrate and confidently facilitate trauma-informed yoga, breathwork, and sound healing to help clients heal from anxiety, depression, and trauma. And so when you think about the major diagnoses, anxiety, depression, and trauma, really the, the top three that many of our clients face and a lot of society goes through. And so breathwork and sound healing is so beneficial for those diagnoses and just like stress overall. And so when we talk about this feeling of stress, right, when we talk about being in our fight, flight, or freeze, right, breathwork and sound meditation and sound healing ultimately help us to calm our nervous system, right? So in our nervous system, we have our parasympathetic and our sympathetic, our sympathetic, and I know you know this, but for the audience, (laughs) the sympathetic nervous system is our seat of fight, flight, freeze, and there's many other responses, but that's essentially our bodies knowing that we're in danger. That is when the bear comes out in the forest and we have to freeze or, you know, we're in danger. We're experiencing anxiety, depression, or trauma triggers. And so what breath work and sound healing does, it allows us to move from the sympathetic, this feeling of fright or this feeling of anxiousness to our parasympathetic, our seat of rest, digest, our seat of safety ultimately, right? And so these practices help us be able to manually get there, right, without necessarily having to go to a class or having to engage in conversation. These are tangible tools that our clients and ourselves, we can use to get out of the the stress and the anxiousness of life and into that calm zone of rest, digest, and safety. So that's essentially why, like, you know, practices like breathwork and sound healing are super compliments, like they're necessary compliments to therapy because it gives our clients another tangible way to get into that seat of safety and prime condition for healing. 
Mm-hmm. I think also, you know, in some ways it feels like this might work a little quicker than some mm. of the ways that traditional talk therapy works, right? Like some of that yes. processing and like, you know, talking through the stuff like that is still really important. But the breath work and stuff like that feels like something somebody could practice almost immediately and see pretty yes. good results sooner than like with just talk therapy. Absolutely. And so I think that's like a major point, right? So we always talk about, you know, you meet with your therapist once a week right? But even that once a week is not enough to combat everything that happens outside of the therapy room. So as therapists and psychologists, you know, we're always trained to give our clients coping skills, but these holistic coping skills, like you said, work much quicker, right? If our client is starting to feel their anxiety increase or a trauma trigger is starting to come up for them, there are specific breathing techniques that they can do to calm themselves down quicker. There's, you know, specific sound healing techniques that they can do to reach that level of safety. And so to your point, these are quick and tangible ways to ultimately help not just our clients, right? Ourselves, because I engage in breath work every day, (laughs) you know? to keep the stress and anxiety down on a personal level as well. Yeah, I mean, and who couldn't have used some of this in the past, like, 18 months, right? Like, when you right? talk about the chronic stress, like, some of this, I think, could be really helpful for people to just continue to soothe and take care of themselves. Absolutely, because that's the name of the game, right? We want to create a healthier and happier society. And the more that we can tap into these holistic practices, I think the easier it'll be for us to get there. Hmm. So we have had the pleasure of having you join us over in the sister circle for a sound bath healing. Yes. I would love for you to just talk a little bit more about what a sound bath is and where this practice comes from. Yes, absolutely. So sound healing, sound meditation, sound baths, all essentially the same thing, using the power of sound to help people relax and heal. And so sound healing is based on the presence of resonance. And so resonance essentially says that when something is vibrating at a certain frequency, when something gets near it, they start to vibrate at the same frequency. They start to get in tune with one another. So I like to use the example of a guitar. When you strum the string of a guitar, the string starts to vibrate. And then all of a sudden, the wooden piece of the guitar starts to vibrate as well, right? So that's an example of resonance or to resonate, right? When you're resonating with someone, it means that you all are in tune with one another. on the same page, you're on the same wavelength. So that's the same concept in sound healing and sound meditation. And so typically in sound baths, sound meditation, you are using quartz crystal sound bowls. And these bowls are tied and tuned to specific chakras in the body. So chakras are different energy points that we have in our bodies. We have seven foundational chakras that range from the base of our spine to the crown of our head. And so these foundational chakras are also actually tied to actual systems in the body. So like think of your reproductive system and other systems in the body. And so when you engage in a sound healing session or a sound bath, the facilitator is using different bowls tuned to different chakras. And so depending on what you're working on or what the goal is of the sound meditation or sound bath session, they'll make sure that they play specific instruments and bowls that are tied to the chakras and ultimately help to clear out any blockages or clear out anything that may be coming up for you. So that's essentially sound healing, right? So it is instruments and bowls that are tied directly to chakras in the body that ultimately help us do certain things. So I'll give an example of a chakra, the root chakra, which is also our first chakra to develop. 
That is our seat of safety. That is our seat of trusting and knowing. So that's usually the chakra that many of our clients have issue with. Because when you think about someone that's coming into therapy or coming in to any type of healing practice, they're ultimately coming in a place of feeling unsafe, right? That's a hallmark of trauma and trauma responses is not feeling safe, not feeling grounded, right? So we use that term a lot when we talk about anxiety, feeling grounded. So your root chakra would be something you would work with for those types of concerns, right? So you might utilize your bowl, your root chakra bowl even more in that particular sound healing session. It's really, really cool stuff. And so another cool thing about sound healing and sound baths are they help our brain waves to slow down. So they get us into a certain wavelength that allows us to get into this deep sense of relaxation that allows the vibrations to do their thing, right? So if you're a meditator, you understand what we're talking about. It's like that slowness that comes where you really have space between your thoughts. So typically where our brain waves are active and they're moving really fast. And so we're moving from one thought to the next. When you engage in sound baths, you're slowing those brain waves down, creating more space and time between the thoughts, and then ultimately allowing yourself to relax and really feel into the moment. So that's a little bit about sound baths and how they work. And I'll also address this too, because I get this question all the time. What is the difference between sound healing, sound bath, um, and sound meditation? So a sound bath is essentially a group offering. So we're engaging in a sound healing or a sound meditation session in a group. That is a sound bath. And sound healing is essentially where you're using the sound to heal the body. So someone's coming to you with, you know, different symptoms or concerns. And so they're specifically coming to clear out blockages to help them heal. And then sound meditation is using the power of sound to meditate and to get into that deep, relaxive state. So those are the differences between the three. Got it. Thank you for that distinction. And are there specific kinds of stressors or experiences that sound baths or sound meditations help to alleviate? Or can it just be for anything, basically? Like you mentioned that some of the wavelengths help you to slow down. But I'm wondering, like for somebody who's in a more depressive state, you wouldn't necessarily want them to slow down they maybe want to be more energized or whatever are there wavelengths or sounds that would help to do that as well absolutely really really great question so sound baths are really helpful for anxiety and trauma responses so i ultimately recommend them for those so anxiety trauma responses and also communication concerns and relationships, so your connection. So those are the things that sound baths are really helpful for. And to your point, right, if someone was in a depressed state, you wouldn't want their thoughts to to slow down. You wouldn't want them to be even more in a relaxed state, right? So when we talk about depression, we're thinking about lack of energy, losing interest, so on and so forth. And so with that point, right, that's also why it's important for us as therapists who want to engage in this holistic therapy realm to know and be trained in the differences, right? Because I could be thinking sound healing is good for anything, right? Uh, Space between the thoughts. Amen. Like, let me do that. But when you have the understanding that, okay, someone who's depressed may not want to engage in a sound bath. They might need to do more of an energizing breath work practice. And someone who is really anxious, right? They're in a heightened anxious state. They would benefit more from a sound bath than as opposed to a couple of yoga poses or some breathing exercises. So yes, Mm -hmm. um, you definitely want to know 
what diagnoses you're working with when you are engaged in sound healing practices. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, that is super helpful. I mean, see, this is because I don't have training in this area. So I'm glad I just stumbled upon that question. But you know, that reminds me of something you said earlier around like the ethics of this, right? And so I think sometimes people see stuff like this And sometimes you don't know what you don't know and you Mm. don't necessarily know how you could end up harming people with the knowledge that you don't have. Right. And so I think sometimes people think, oh, I can just put on this sound meditation track and, you know, have people do this stuff. But there is all this science and like knowing differentials and like how to match whatever holistic modality you're offering to whatever the client is coming in with. Yes, exactly. And so that's a huge part in this particular field, right? You have folks that say, well, it's unethical or yeah, I tell my clients to breathe all the time. So I'm a holistic therapist. And while that's great that you offer those things to your clients, you definitely need training. And so that's, again, why I created the Holistic Therapist Academy, because I see it all the time. Oh, yeah, as long as you tell your client to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out, that's going to help them with their anxiety, depression and trauma. And that's usually where, you know, if I see that, you know, I step in and say, well, actually, there are certain breathing exercises that work better for anxiety versus depression. And there's certain poses that you would never put a person that was coming to you for trauma in that you would put someone that's coming to you for depression in. So I echo those sentiments. Training, training, training is essential. Even if you have your 200 hour yoga teacher training as a therapist, you have to understand how to ethically integrate this work and know what poses, what breathing exercises, what sound healing techniques go specifically to the different diagnoses you might see in your therapy room. Got it. More from my conversation with Linnea after the break. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth 
that to date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Growing up, watching media legends like Gwen Eiffel and Robin Roberts always gave me the security that stories that matter to me would be told. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. So would sound healing be something that you suggest somebody do at home or would you only want to do this like with a trained professional? So I believe that these practices can be interchangeable. I definitely think that as you want to use these practices, particularly sound healing for your personal healing and growth, I do recommend that you go to someone that can at least tell you, okay, well, these are the chakras maybe you should focus in on or at least get the experience of being led in a sound bath before trying to do it on your own. But I do think that it's something that you can definitely do on your own. And the more that we can educate our clients and just people in general about the power of the chakras and the power of vibrational healing, the easier it'll be for them to use these practices at home. 
Got it. So I wonder if you can give us a little example of like an intake session for a sound healing looks like. Like, let's say I came to you and said, I'm struggling with some assertiveness issues or communication, like you mentioned. What kinds of questions would you ask me in that initial session? And like, how would you decide what kinds of like sounds or bowls to play? Yeah, great question. So because I do this as integrative work, the intake looks pretty similar to a traditional therapy intake. We want to know your goals. We want to know what happening. We want to know why you're here for therapy and what your prognosis looks like. And so then it's about which techniques to use depending on what's coming up for you, right? So let's say you're coming to see me for communication issues. You notice that on the job or in relationships, it's hard for you to speak up. So of course, you know, we'll build rapport, we'll do more emotional and thought body processing. But then when it comes to the sound healing part of our work together, we'll really focus in on your root chakra so you feel safe. And then we'll also tap into the throat chakra. So your throat chakra is your seat of communication, and it's also your seat of understanding. So when folks are finding it hard to speak up in relationships, at work, they're noticing that they're dimming their light, right? They're not taking up as much space as they could, then that's a clear indication that there's probably some blockage in the throat chakra area. And so the sound session or the sound healing part of our therapy session, we would primarily focus on the throat chakra. So that's kind of an example of how you would do that. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm just really curious. So do people typically come to you because like they find your website and they think like, oh, I want to try this? Or do people come to you for your more traditional talk therapy and then you maybe ask or like talk to them about introducing some of the sound healing or maybe breath work into the practice? Yeah. So people come to me wanting that integrative approach. They want, you know, to be able to process their thoughts, but they also want to be able to engage in different practices like the sound baths, the breath work, and the yoga. So they kind of know that off bat. It's like pretty clear on my website that Mm -hmm. this is what I do. It's in the informed consent. It's in all of that. And then depending on where they are in their journey, and that's something that I think is really important for anyone who is wanting to engage in this holistic realm, is to know that it's always about meeting your client where they are. And sometimes you may never pull out one of these techniques, right? Or sometimes it's just welcoming them into the room with a meditation or a breathwork practice. So it's really also about tuning it, your sessions to your clients. So it's all about making sure it works with whatever your client is bringing to you. Got it. So let's dive more into the breath work. So what is breath work? I think you hear it and you're like, okay, it must be something involving breathing. But what does actual breath work look like? Yeah. So breath work is the intentional use and constriction of the breath. So breathing is one of the things that we do naturally, right? It's one of the things that we pretty much don't have to think about. We're grateful for that. But breath work is being intentional about your breathing and the constriction of the breath. So it's more than just, okay, I'm inhaling, I'm exhaling. It's about certain patterns or certain constrictions that you do to ultimately help with, you know, symptoms like anxiety, depressive symptoms, trauma responses, burnouts, you know, things like that. Got it. You've already kind of woven in some of these examples, which you talked about. There may be different kinds of breath work used for something like anxiety versus depression. Can you talk about like some of the differences? Yes, absolutely. So in breath work, trauma responses and anxious symptoms, they're pretty much not looked at the same, but they're looked at similarly because we know anxiety can be a symptom of trauma or trauma triggers. So when you think about someone who is going through an anxious moment or 
who may be having a trauma response. The biggest hallmark is grounding and safety, right? We always talk about when your clients are experiencing these heightened levels of emotions, let's ground them down. Let's get them into the present moment. Let's get them into their bodies. So if we're dealing with symptoms like that, our breath work is going to be longer. It's going to be slower. And we're really going to focus primarily on the exhales, right? Because one of the things that's important for us to note is that when we're breathing or engaging in breathwork practices, when our exhale is longer than our inhale, it allows our nervous system to come back to center a lot quicker. So we talked about the power that these practices have on our nervous system earlier in our talk today, but that's like a quick rule of thumb, right? So if your exhale is longer than your inhale, it gets your nervous system balanced quicker. So that's like a quick tidbit that you would use with someone who's experiencing anxiety or a trauma response. Now, someone who is experiencing depression, right? The symptoms look way different than they do when a client is anxious. So we're thinking about low energy, right? Uh, lack of interest, isolation, and things like that. And so your breathwork practice for someone with depressive symptoms is going to look quicker, right? It's going to be energy provoking. It's going to look a lot different than it looks when you're working with a client who's experienced anxiety and trauma. So that's kind of the difference in the breathwork for those diagnoses. Got it. During the pandemic and, you know, after George Floyd was killed and Breonna Taylor was murdered, we saw a lot of digital spaces for and by Black women that used a lot of breathwork. Like you saw a lot of like groups that popped up around this. Can you talk about why something like breathwork is particularly suited to help to manage some of these concerns? Yes, absolutely. So when we think about, you know, racial trauma, right? So we think about witnessing these murders and knowing the historical context of what's happening when we go through these unfortunate events and these times together. We think about being in that flight or freeze mode. We think about being in this state of unsafety, being on high alert, right? Being in this state of like anxious thoughts, right? And so breath work, like we said before, it helps us be able to move out of that sympathetic, move out of that fight, flight, or freeze, move out of this feeling of like unsafe safety into feeling safe in our bodies. And so I think the greatest gift that any of us can give ourselves is to feel safe in our bodies, safe being ourselves, safe being who God created us to be. And breath work is a really tangible tool to help us do that. So I think that's one of the reasons why so many breathwork circles came up around that time. And I'm so excited to see that more breathwork practices and more sound healing practices are coming up because ultimately these are our natural ways for us to feel safe in our bodies and to essentially come back home to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that only within the last five years have we seen more interest in this space and some of these practices. And I would say that even shorter than that, have we seen more Black women kind of claiming mm. space with some of these practices? Can you talk about some of the barriers that exist for Black women coming into some of these spaces? Yes. And that is the truth. Being honest and transparent, the wellness industry has really been monopolized by white women. And now that more Black women are understanding that, oh my gosh, yes, I'm worthy of rest. I'm worthy of self-care. I'm worthy of the time it takes to nourish my soul, that we're starting to see more of us engage in these practices and then start to be the leaders in this movement. 
And so it's really interesting because for someone like me, I kind of look around and I'm like, wow, there really aren't that many Black women who do these integrative practices and that lead these things and train people on this work. So that means that most of my teachers were white women. And so I think that one of the barriers is there's not a whole lot of teachers, at least in this space, that look like us. And so that's a barrier, right? When we're less motivated, I think, or less likely to see ourselves in a space if we've never seen someone that looks like us in that space, right? And that's true for, for most professions. So I think that's a barrier. And then Two, I think ultimately us understanding that we're worthy of rest and worthy of these practices. I'm sure you've heard this plenty of times. Us as Black women, we are like designed to be overachievers. We're designed to be super women. We're designed to have it all together. And by the end of the day, once we've checked everything off the to-do list and made sure everyone's needs are met, then there's really not that much time for ourselves to engage in these practices. So I think that the more that paradigm shifts, that we are worthy of these practices, we're worthy of the rest, that we'll start to see more of a change in this field. And if I'm honest, I'm hoping to train more therapists so that there are more of us in this field. And I'm excited about the Holistic Therapist Academy because We've already started cohort one and we have several therapists. Most of them are black women and women of color who are then going to be able to bring this integrative practices to their communities and will be able to see more of us in this integrative space. Mm-hmm. So what information or advice do you have for anyone listening or tuning into our conversation who's wanting to get started with more holistic practices? Like where is a good holistic healing 101? Where might they get started? Not a therapist, but just general people listening. Yeah. So I think it's about finding the practices that work for you. And I would say, don't be scared of it. I think that we still have a lot of misconception about things like breath work, meditation, and sound healing, or even yoga. And I would say, don't be scared of it. Know that these practices were designed to help you live your best life. They were designed to help you find a deep sense of relaxation and to give you the space and time to come back home to yourselves. So that would be my first thing. And then give it a try. Be open. Now, the first time you engage in breath work or go to a yoga class or go to a sound meditation, you may not be like, okay, this is going to be life changing. Nine times out of 10, though, if you're consistent with the practice, you'll start to see the shift. So consistency would be my next thing. And so, yeah, those are my top two things. Don't be scared of it. These practices were designed to help you. And two, give it a try. Go on YouTube, type in, you know, breathwork practices, follow folks on Instagram who are a Facebook or whatever social media platform that you're engaged in that engage in these practices and go for it. Get consistent. Go find your local studio. There are local yoga studios, meditation studios and see what events they have. So just be open and give it a try. Hmm. And for people who are maybe looking for like practitioners to work with in breath work or maybe sound healing, what kinds of questions should they be asking? What kinds of like credentials should they be looking for to make sure that they are working with someone who has been properly trained? Yes. So definitely ask, where did you have formal training? Someone could you know, essentially start playing sound bowls and call themselves a sound healer. There's no regulation, right? There's regulation for therapists and counselors, but there's not regulation for the term healer. Mm-hmm. So definitely ask asking about their training, their experience, what other types of clients have they worked with, what symptoms have they worked with, what are their success rates. I think those are important questions to ask. And also too, maybe you go to one of their group offerings. So many 
breathwork facilitators and sound healers um, and therapists that do this integrative work, they usually offer something in the public, right? A public sound bath, a public breathwork class. So maybe you attend one of their group settings to get a sense of how they do the work, see if they resonate with you. So that's something that I would suggest as well. Honestly, I'm going to say this transparently. I think that having someone like a therapist, a therapist who also is trained in this work to me is invaluable because you have a person that understands how to safely hold you in a space when things come up. So with any trauma triggers, anxiety triggers, or anything triggers you overall, you have someone that knows how to guide you in that process if that comes up for you within the sound meditation and the breathwork practices. So that's another reason, Dr. Joy, why I'm so passionate about having more therapists have these tools because we've spent years, right? Years of our lives learning how to hold and create safe spaces for people. So it feels easier for us to integrate these practices. Got it. More from my conversation with Linnea after the break. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives. But often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online, or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, 
personal and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Many people feel anxious when they think about finances. It can feel overwhelming, stressful, and even hopeless, especially when you're first starting out and don't know what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence. You can regain a sense of control over your life and improve your self-esteem. How do you build financial confidence? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. You know, I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about sometimes like what kinds of triggers will come up for people and what could happen if you're not tended to carefully. Because I don't think we always yes. know like what happens. Like, I don't know that people always know when they have been triggered. Yes, 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 yes. And that's and that's a thing, right? Knowing when they're triggered and what to say and, and how to help them. Whoever you're going to see, you know, yoga, meditation, breath work, make sure that they have training in trauma. Make sure that they have trauma-informed training because this will ultimately help them when people start to get triggered and to not trigger the people in the room. So that's another thing to look for. I'll give an example of something that came up recently. I was leading a sound meditation session, a sound bath. It was a group sound bath. And one of the participants came up to me after, and I will say after all of my sound baths, I leave time at the end for processing because when you engage in a sound bath, things may come up for you. So you might notice pictures, visions, memories. You might notice your temperature gets hotter or cold. You might get thirsty. You might have some involuntary bodily movement. So a lot can actually come up in a sound bath. So I always start with that disclaimer. And anyone who is deciding to engage in a sound bath, know that these bodily things may come up. These memories may come up for you and it's totally fine. It's a part of the process or it can't be a part of the process. So she came up to me knowing that I was a therapist and she said, that she had a couple of memories. It's like memories that she knew were real, but she had suppressed for a long time. And so we kind of processed just a little bit. And it was pretty clear that something traumatic had happened in her childhood that she had pushed down to the surface. And so I let her know that this is definitely a childhood memory. This is definitely a trauma response coming up for you. And I recommended that she tell her therapist about this and also kind of explore themes of trauma in her life. 
right? And so because I had the training, right, as a therapist, and I knew that this was a part of trauma responses, we know that the folks that have experienced trauma, they tend to push down certain memories, right? Dissociation, we push down memories because we want to keep ourselves safe. But if I didn't know that, I would have been like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, in your next meditation, try to recall that memory again. Now, if I had done that, we know what happens to people that recall traumatic memories before they're ready to process it. That's a huge trigger, right? Mm -hmm. And I could have sent her down a whole spiral if I had said that. But because I knew this was a trauma response, I said, listen, something must have happened in your childhood. And she kind of gave me the nod that, yeah, there was something that happened. And I said, listen, this is something you might want to process with your therapist this week. This is probably a traumatic memory coming up for you. And so she was able to get the help that she needed because I understood those symptoms. So that's an example of why I think it's important for us to have that training as well. Mm -hmm. Are there any people or any particular concerns who like sound healing or breath work would be contraindicated for? So like if I'm struggling with this, maybe I don't want to engage in sound healing. Yes. So I definitely feel that if you're someone who is like deep, deep in their depression, I wouldn't recommend going to a sound bath session. I would probably recommend engaging in like an individual session because then the practitioner can curate the sound bath for you and tap into the chakras that may be blocked, right? So I would give that disclaimer. And also I would say too, being aware, like if you know you're in like the depths of your healing and you're easily triggered, right? And we know what our triggers are. So if you know that you're easily triggered, and you're not quite sure if the practitioner is trauma-informed, that's also something that I would say, like making sure your practitioner has some sort of trauma-informed training. And most practitioners put that in their bio, right? That's a really important training to have. But ultimately, outside of that, I'd say that anyone can come to a sound bath session, see how it feels for them, and ultimately connect with the practitioner. If anything came up for you in the sound bath session, definitely take a moment to bring it up to the practitioner. Hopefully that practitioner can refer you to some resources or can be a resource for you. Thank you so much for that. So what are some of the resources that you find yourself, you know, recommending over and over again for anybody who wants to get started learning more about like some of the stuff you shared today? Yeah. So if they want to learn more about it, I definitely got to, you know, plug my training, the Holistic Therapist Academy. So I created this because it was a training that I wished was around when I was going through the process of becoming a therapist. I've done the years of trial and error uh, so that those who are interested in this integrative work don't have to. And so it's a full spectrum program. We talk about how to ethically integrate trauma-informed yoga, breath work, meditation, and sound healing into your work with clients. We talk about, you know, how to be trauma informed. We talk about ethical considerations and we talk about how to do no harm, right? So which techniques go to which diagnoses. So if you're a therapist or mental health professional interested in learning how to do the integrative work, I would definitely tell you to go to my website and check out the Holistic Therapist Academy because I curated it for you. And then if you're someone who's interested in just, you know, little trainings here or there, or want to get started in a breathwork practice, maybe you seek out breath work facilitator training or find a yoga teacher training that also incorporates breath work and meditation. So ultimately training. I'm a big proponent, Dr. Joy, if you can't tell, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of training. I believe that these ancient practices, we were designed to use them and they're intuitive, but we've got to get some training in there to do no harm, not only to ourselves, but to our clients. 
So you do not suggest people just going to YouTube and like searching for a breath work. Oh, see, now this is where it's like that two edged sword, right? <laughs> so, you know, where it's like you never want to tell someone, no, these practices don't just go and Google. So right. I would say that, yes, if you want to, you know, kind of try it out, go on Google, go on YouTube, find a breathwork practice. But if this is something that you want to lead people in, or if you want to be able to help yourself, right? Okay, I'm going through an anxiety provoking moment. What's a good breathwork exercise that I can use, right? So things like that. If you want to be intelligent and skillful in how you engage in these practices, I definitely highly recommend getting training in them. And even just intro trainings, if you're just wanting to do it on your own. So it's a yes and, Mm -hmm. right? It's a both and. Got it. Got it. So don't just stop necessarily with YouTube. Maybe take it a little further. Yes, definitely. Got it. Got it. So tell us where we can find you, Linnea. What is your website as well as any social media handles you'd like to share? Yes. So you can find me on my website, theholisticmft.com. And it is Linnea S. Crawford on all social media platforms. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. And so that's where you can connect with me. So if you're interested in maybe uh, getting started in your sound healing or yoga or breathwork practice, our yoga studio, Seven Yoga, S-E-V-I-I-N Yoga, we offer both in-person classes and virtually if you're not in the Atlanta area. Perfect. Thank you so much. We will definitely include all of that in our show notes and make sure you stay tuned after the credits because Linnea has a special offering she will be giving to you for tuning into the show today. And there will be a form in the show notes for an additional treat. So make sure you add your email address there if you'd like to get some other goodies from her as well. Yes, yes. I'm excited to to gift the audience with their own full sound bath and breathwork session. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lene. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. Joy. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad Linnea was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her work or to receive a free sound bath and breathwork practice, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 236. And don't forget to text two of your girls and tell them to check out the episode as well. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the sister circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first, and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb 
your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As we get ready for today's meditation, we'll also engage in even breaths. So you'll inhale through your nose for a count of four, and then exhale through your mouth for a count of four as well. As we begin our sound healing meditation, I'll count you through the breaths a few times, and then you'll be free to engage in that breathwork practice while the vibrations do their thing. All right, so wherever you are, find a really comfortable position. Finding a position that feels most comfortable for you. And as you begin to feel into the position you chose, I invite you to find a point of connection on your body. So maybe placing a hand over your heart, maybe placing the other hand over your belly, maybe pressing both hands into heart center, or even allowing your hands to rest against your thighs. And from here, I invite you to close your eyes if that feels safe for you. Or maybe keeping a low gaze, staring down at the tip of your nose. And so with your eyes closed or with a low gaze, take a moment to really feel yourself in your body. Beginning to notice any sensations or feelings that may be coming up for you here. And then really begin to tune into your breath. Beginning to notice your natural pattern of breathing. Noticing how the breath flows in and out without the need to constrict or control. And so as you begin to tune into your natural pattern of breathing, take a moment to affirm, I am still. to sink in, 
First, taking a deep breath in through the nose. Open mouth, sigh it out. Inhaling through the nose for a count of one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one.
Take a deep breath in through the nose. Hold the breath at the top. Sip in just a little bit more air. Open mouth, sigh it out. And slowly blinking your eyes opened if they were closed. Taking a moment to allow that feeling of stillness to wash over you and to bring that stillness and that breath with you throughout your days and throughout your weeks. And remember that you are worthy of the time it takes to nourish your soul. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all again soon.